This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. You're listening to Ringgit and Sense, the show all about personal finance, and I'm Sim Boon. Scams are on the rise here in Malaysia, and unfortunately, people falling for these insidious schemes are rising too. In fact, earlier this month, the Selangor Police Chief Dato Arjunaidi Mohammed revealed that a whopping 33.7 million ringgit was lost to online scams and cybercrimes in Selangor alone in the first two months of 2022. These include individuals and companies who lost money to a variety of scams from Macau to love to online scams. So how do you spot a scam? What do you do when you're being scammed? And also, why, why do people find it so easy to fall for such scams? With April Fool's happening soon, today's conversation focuses on how not to be a fool for these scams. And joining me to discuss this is Kevin Neal, a licensed financial planner with VKA Wealth Planners. Good morning and welcome to the show. Kevin, what are some of the key red flags when it comes to a scam? I mean, when do you know this, this isn't right, this is a scam? Well, this one, I hope I can have a very scientific way or uh, things to share. But my first uh, answer to this question that is very uh, spontaneous and true one, uh, I have to say that rely on our instinct and our intuition, that sounds to be, it seems to be very uh, vague, but unfortunately, at least for many times, right, I believe that our intuition can help us to put up a red flag. Some, when some, some, some people talk to us and we feel like, you know, is it too good to be true or we are very skeptical to what we are hearing, then it is a very important red flag because this comes from our uh, intuition and I know it's not scientific, but somehow it is very important for us to trust our inner voice sometime. Um, then it, the next thing is also, it really depends on what kind of scams uh, we are being approached on. If let's say it is an investment scam, then when you hear about certain uh, promises or returns that are expected, but yet they are trying to convince you that it is very safe, very high, and to top it off or uh, it comes with very, very little risk, then this is a very big red flag that none of us should miss. But unfortunately, uh, it still happened a lot, this kind of thing. So the first thing I would suggest uh, is to hear or trust our own inner voice and feeling. If you feel like it's not safe, take a step back and then try to gain time to think properly because most of the time, the scammers, they do not want us to have any time to think properly. They want to uh, want us to make decisions when we are the least uh, logical and maybe the most emotional time. So if you feel that something may be wrong, take a step back. But if let's say you don't have this kind of feeling, never mind. Let certain rational thinking guide you. And uh, if let's say in the case of an investment scam, if the promises are too good to be true, then it's really a very huge red flag. Of course, uh, how to define too good to be true is really, again, very personal. So I would say always let our own uh, intuition be the main guidance. Okay, but you know, some people out there, the intuition might have taken a back seat, especially when greed or naivety or, you know, uh, perhaps a lack of education comes to play, right? How mm. do you overcome these feelings? How do you overcome these uh, thinking? 
Yes. So uh, let's take an investment scam as an example, right? When we we are very interested in what we have been pitched, if let's say we can identify that mainly it is because of the good promises or the high return that comes with very little downside risk, then that is one point that we should be able to spot that it is our greed who is guiding us to make the decision. So it is time like this that we need to know. But unfortunately, like I said, right, a lot of time we are not able to spot these kind of red flag ourselves. So it's really a very challenging situation. So I guess one of the things that we can do is just to uh, how to uh, prepare ourselves to uh, reduce the risk or to be able to spot those um, signs easily. So one of the things I believe very important one is about having proper awareness and maybe a bit of uh, education or investment literacy, uh, which all the time... Uh, I would always want people to know that if you are going after something that promises you to be very safe, but yet it gives you a very handsome return or it returns are very good, you have to go back to the basic of uh, investment return at risk. In this case, if we want to invest into something and with very little risk, I would say the basic, basic minimum one is our uh, FD. Okay, which if certain things are promising you returns that are two times, three times or what it can get from your fixed deposit, it definitely is something that you should really take a many step back and look at it and un un understand from the risk perspective. If the person is also telling you at the same time, you are going to be compensated with uh, two to three times of FD return, but at little to no risk. It's... Uh, it's always safe to assume that you are being you are talking to a scammer. <laughs> Let's talk about these scams out there. What have been the trending scams that you have come across? And maybe you can talk a bit about how the um, MO is like then. Uh, but other than investment scam, right, there are still many kind of scams that exist. A lot of us are susceptible to it. And one of it could be uh, what we call a Macau scam. Sometimes people say the name Macau scam is called Macau scam because the first one actually started from Macau. So, but uh, uh, a Macau scam is also very common. Uh, it typically involves someone uh, calling us out of the blue then that person you are about to speak with happen to be someone from certain company. And most of the time, they may tell you that they represent government agency like uh, Bank Negara, Police Diraja Malaysia, or even custom officer. And they will start to uh, accuse you of certain things, which most of the time are quite serious criminal offense like money laundering which, uh, of course, we never do all these things, right? So when you hear this kind of accusation or allegation, uh, there are people who can get uh, really scared about all these things and thinking about the consequences, you will be very afraid. So this is when they start to offer you a way out, which sometimes they may pass you to a higher authority, which is then this higher authority will, after talking to you, will offer you like someone he or she would know that can help you to get a way out. And of course, the final step involved, the victim-to-be have to transfer a lump sum of money to the person that they, they so-called mentioned can give us a way out. But uh, the, the story only started to get 
serious from here. Once we transfer uh, the first transfer, maybe they will call back and say that another person has discovered this helping and this person wants something from us as well. So you are asked to then transfer another time and it can go on and on until uh, our common sense suddenly struck us that could I have been in a scam? Then that's when we start to maybe go do a little bit of internet search and we find that, hey, this is totally not new. Someone else has reported this kind of uh, story or pattern. Then when we really wake up and we stop to entertain their call. So uh, this kind of thing, they typically target our emotion as well. So it's not just about, you know, like I said earlier about uh, educate ourselves about investment literacy. Even you have done this, if you are approached by a Macau scammer, this is really about emotion and they target our feeling of being afraid or fearful. A lot of time is really, we have to be very careful. No matter who, who we answered the phone, right? No matter who they said they are representing, it is always best for us to uh, call back using our phone, call back to the landline. Do not call back to whatever number that you are receiving that phone call from because of course uh, the person who answered the call will be some of someone from the scanner team i think that will be the safest step to protect ourselves yeah of course you know mm. a thing to note as well you know no government official tax LHDN or what will call you on your mobile phone no police will call your mobile and run through something of that nature with you via the phone you know if that happens uh, I think it's safe to say you can always have the option of putting down the phone and calling the, the station or officially going there yourself to figure yeah. out what has happened right usually they will send a letter right uh, but sometimes we don't get all the letters that we are supposed to get so this is why maybe we become skeptical and become easier to trust them also but I know it's very easy to say, uh, just hang up the phone. It's really very easy to say, but it's very difficult for us to do that. Uh, I have a very personal experience, just like one month uh, ago only, roughly about one month ago, I get a call and I answered the phone call. And this person was telling me that she's calling from LHDN. It is regarding one of my tunggakan, which I actually believe that. <laughs> Why I believe that? Because months ago, I really had a Tugakan issue, which is outstanding tax issue with uh, Lembaga Hasil Dalam Negeri. Then, but that issue was settled pretty fast. So the reason I believe into that call was that I thought so soon, suddenly another Tugakan came out and how could we have missed that earlier when we were uh, discussing on the uh, case earlier? So I actually asked, but the first question I asked was very simple. I was asking this question, since when did uh, IRB started to calling people using a mobile phone? And to my surprise, that person actually hang up the phone. <laughs> so this is when I realized, okay, it is really 100% uh, a scam. Okay, let's go through some of the other scams that you were about to kind of explain. Do you have, um, uh, what, what's next on the list? Uh, the next one, uh, which is can be quite common, is like, you know, people say love scam, uh, which is uh, other than we have to lose our money, we also may get hurt with our feelings and our trust, you know, for people. Uh, so typically, love scam can happen uh, from uh, on social media and any maybe also any dating sites that people may have accounts uh, under those side, right? So uh, it typically happened in a way whereby uh, some stranger we don't know may 
connect and or send you a request to get connected. And uh, very quickly after connect, connect, get connected, they will send you personal message and very quickly they will say a lot of good things about you to make you feel very good, to make you feel like you really uh, met someone who really uh, appreciate or treasure you in many ways, all right? Then uh, if you engage with them, also it takes, it wouldn't take so long until they may have some uh, unfortunate situation whereby, of course, it require they will need some help financially and they may ask you to help them, okay? It doesn't have to be a big amount. It can be a small amount, but over a series of help because whatever trouble it is, maybe can they expected this amount can solve their problem, but after you give them another amount, they may actually say that, oh, the, the, the actual problem uh, was underestimated in the beginning. So they actually need more. So since you already helped me before, would you not help me again? So this is what we get caught with most of the time when you talk about a love scam. Right. Okay. And we're going to take a short break for some messages. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Welcome back. You're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense. I'm Simwi Boon. And today's topic are, is scams because it's April Fool's is happening and we want you to not be a fool to scams. Now, joining me to discuss this is Kevin Neo, a licensed financial planner with VKA Wealth Planners. Now, Kevin, what about investment scams or pyramid schemes? I mean, are, are they similar or are they both different and how do they work then? Uh, investment scam normally revolve around this uh, concept of getting rich quick or you can get, get rich with very, very minimal uh, risk. Commonly, we can also call them uh, get rich quick scheme or money game. This is whereby uh, it normally we hand our money to them and there was no real investment involved. So what happened is I may be getting my returns from people who joined the investment scheme after me. So it will start to collapse either when nobody is joining after that or uh, too many people requesting to withdraw their money at one at the same time, which is then the liquidity of the scheme may be will come into pressure and cause the whole things to not be able to continue as it should. Uh, on the other hand, pyramid scheme, is like a, a multi-level structure uh, that focuses a lot more on recruiting new people to join the scheme. Uh, unlike investment scam or money game, right? We don't have to recruit people. You will still get your 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 return from people who join the scheme later. So typically, it's like the operator of the scheme is borrowing from me to pay you, right? But uh, for pyramid scheme, I have to uh, find someone to join the scheme. And from there, I, only I can earn some of the uh, rewards or money. Pyramid scheme, there is no real substantial product involved. If if there is any products, those products most likely do not really have any real commercial value or no people would really want it or it's not sustainable one that products or services. Um, many a time, people are confused or uh, we thought that pyramid scheme and Multi-level marketing, the MRM scheme, we thought that they are the same, but actually, essentially, there's a very big difference between the two. For an MLM scheme, right, they really have a real product or services that people are willing to pay money for. So uh, people who join those MLM scheme, uh, we are not really focusing on earning money from recruiting new people 
only. We are focusing on how to really market the product and services and generate a proper income properly from our commercial activity. Uh, but, you know, I think the sometimes how it gets confusing to someone, sometimes the terms, the way it's being explained can also be confusing and it can be done in such a way that it really makes even the most seasoned of investors um, fall for a scam, right? So how do you differentiate what is a sound investment strategy and what is a scam? One of the main uh, or first question that we can always ask probably is whether the a provider or the operator of the product or schemes, right? Whether they are regulated or licensed by Security Commission Malaysia or in the case of another thing is Bank Negara Malaysia. If the answer is anyway a no, then it's something that you don't want to be associated with already. It's very simple. If they are not regulated, it means that our regulators have not either approve that or they have not uh, applied to be regulated or get approval from our regulators. So uh, it's very important that uh, any investment that we give our monies to, we give it to companies or persons who are licensed by the regulators because if in case anything were to go wrong, we have a, a proper channel for us to file our complaints and also there's a, our law to look after our rights as a consumer. But if let's say we handed the money to anything that is not regulated and in a lot of instances, these people may be even not in Malaysia. The company maybe is in other country. It will be very difficult for us to seek any legal recourse. What happens when maybe halfway through or, you know, in the process, you realize that you're being scammed? What what should be the steps you should take? Okay. Maybe before we come to that, right, the better one is to not get into the train from day one, right? So after the first question, maybe next one we want to know is that, can you share with me how the promised investment return is created or generated? That would be very important because if let's say uh, there are some schemes that uh, they, they generate those returns from trading activity, okay? So if they generate those returns from trading activity, how can you be so sure that you can give me a fixed returns, which is quite rather high one. Most of the time can be double digit. So it's not, it's not really uh, re uh, realistic to begin with. So those are one additional uh, red flag that we can get. But let's say we forgot to ask those questions and we really onboarded and then later we realized that uh, we could be in the wrong train. Then maybe the first thing is you can... Uh, First, withdraw your capital if you still can, right? Because that's the easiest way to uh, cut your losses or protect yourself first. Then you can actually write into uh, uh, our regulators. Uh, if let's say it's a capital market product, you can actually write to uh, Security Commission. And also you can go to CDRAC, which is uh, Securities Industry Dispute Resolution Center. These are channels that for investors or financial consumers to uh, launch their report and then uh, see whether the our legal system is that if there's any way that the regulators can help us to look into it. Most of the scam, their end goal is 
let let get us to transfer our money to them, right? So before we transfer our money, uh, sometimes if it's really something, some organization that you haven't dealt with before, it's very new to you, there is a website by uh, PDRM, it's called Semak Mew. Uh, that website allows us to key in uh, whether phone number or account number, and then the database will tell us whether this account number has been associated or flagged with any uh, known scams or not. So let's say you were approached by a scammer and then you were given this account number to transfer your money and you happen to check on that site first, right? Then this website could have saved you a lot of problems and also saved you, preventing you from becoming a victim. Please do make use of all these resources. It's very helpful. But of course, if let's say you run a search, and that database tell you that they cannot find a match, it does not mean that that account is safe for you to transfer your money as well. Because if it has not been reported, then of course it won't appear in the database. So, and then another one for preventing is, let's say you want to do any investment, you can also go to Security Commission website to check. Uh, there's an investor's alert list which in that list, there's a lot of uh, companies' name that's been flagged as a potential uh, reason for us to be worried or cut off our transaction with them. Um, most of the common, most commonly nowadays, right, there's this thing called a potential clone uh, entity, which means, uh, let's say, we know a really real established company like ABC Investment Management and the other or Berhad. Then a potential clone entity means a fake company that carries similar name, like ABC Investment Sanya Berhad, instead of ABC Investment Management Sanya Berhad, which that one is real one, but ABC Investment Sanya Berhad is not real one. So that name is very, very similar. Sometimes we thought that it is real one, that's why we transfer our money away. But that list has all the identified one for us to check if whatever company you are trying to deal with, their name appear on that list, then... Mm, I think it's very obvious already. We're heading towards the end of this interview. Uh, what are some of the common mistakes that you see people make when it comes to scams? It's more on uh, what are the lessons we learn as far as uh, more than a mistake in nature. Uh, one of it is I think we are too easy to trust, which is quite common also because as a human being, if we are always don't trust people, we can never make any decision in our life. It's good that we are trusting, but sometimes people really take advantage of our uh, easy to trust attitude. So one of the thing is, uh, if you are you know that you are a very kind person, you've really most of the time you don't really want to uh, ask any question, or you find that yourself easy to trust anyone. Maybe it's good that you before you make any uh, important or critical decision. Right, like giving away your money or transfer away your money to someone who you never know before. It maybe it's good for you to find someone like your good friends, your family member, and talk to them before you make any decision or before you click to transfer your money. It's very important because having someone to talk to really allow us to have the uh, safe space or room for us to process the emotion uh, and maybe to calm down our emotion and also to hear other people's perspective. If let's say we our intuition is not activated, but talking to someone that we know and that person has that intuition activated, this person might be able to ask us the question, could this be a scam? All right, and that may be the first time a red flag is raised 
And uh, that's, that's why I always believe it's important to talk to someone. But if you do not know who you can talk to, then you can also do the checking, like go to the Bank Nagara, they have a scam alert list. Security Commission, they have an investor's alert list. And then uh, maybe use the website like Sema Mew before you transfer your money. It will be uh, quite a good resources that are available for everyone to use. Alright, and we've reached the end of today's episode for Ringgit and Sense. I've been speaking to Kevin Neo, a licensed financial planner with VKA Wealth Planners. I'm Sim Wee Boon from The Morning Run. If you've received any suspicious calls, please don't hesitate to contact the Commercial Crime Investigation Department Scam Response Centre at 03-26101-559 or 03-26101-599. Join us again next week for more discussions on personal finance We've got the 10 a.m. news bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9, the business station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, the business station.